Um, my name's David Moore. Uh, I'm married to Elaine, who's down here at the front beside the other Elaine. Uh, and uh, we have three kids. Uh, two of them are in Scotland, again, like, like you. We are becoming the same people. Um, and uh, one's in Dungallon, so it's a wee bit different. And uh, so I've been uh, involved in church leadership for over 30 years. And the, the majority of them... Uh, in the Republic. I was in Drumcutel in Kilmount, County Cavan and Monaghan. I don't know if any Cavan or Monaghan people in here tonight. Good on you. Um, one of the biggest exports that there is from Cavan and Monaghan is people. Uh, and uh, that's because the farms are only 30 acres and full of rushes. Uh, but uh, I'm actually going down there on, on Sunday again. Uh, we love going down there. A great time there. And then we went to Kilkenny City. I don't know if any has uh, anybody from there Kilkenny City is a place everybody wants to go to uh, it's a beautiful place and we were there for, for nearly 10 years so our kids did most of their growing up down there before they left us all alone so uh, any more than that <laughs> so am I, am I starting now then ok alright that's grand I'm sure, I'm sure if you want to know any more information about us Elaine can tell you afterwards well, um, I, I don't know why I'm doing this talk, because I think John probably is better qualified to do this talk than me, but thank you for your introduction. This is very, very simple. I apologize if I'm offending anybody when you think, this is so simple. I could have done this. Well, yes, you probably could, but uh, you invited a simple person, so here we are. I wonder, do you ever watch uh, the program on TV, Long Lost Family? I don't know if you ever see that program. Elaine and I often watch that program, box of tissues at the ready, because the stories are often full of sadness and then also full of joy. You need the tissues, with whichever part of the story you're in. The story inevitably features people uh, and, and someone is missing in their life. That's what they say at the start of the program. Someone's missing in their life. And it could be a parent a child or a sibling. And often the person who's doing the searching, well, they, you see them with their own families. They're having a, a happy, contented life. Looking in from the outside, everything seems great. But they'll say, I don't feel complete. There's something missing. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't feel complete. And, and the something is someone. Someone is missing in their life. And they want to make contact They've probably tried for years, many of them. I haven't been able to do it. They don't even know if the person they're looking for is still alive because they might have separated from them perhaps when the person was a child or certainly decades ago. But they haven't been able to find them. The information is incomplete. They, they just The person doesn't live where they used to live, all that sort of stuff. And that's where Nikki and Davina come in and help them and put them back in touch with their loved one. Well, tonight the question we're asking, is there anybody out there? And as John's telling us, that's a question out of this research. Apparently lots of people across Ireland are asking about God, often with a similar sense to that program. In this case, the someone who's missing is God. I wonder, is there a God out there? And I'm not connected to him. I wonder, could we ever be in touch? I just don't know. I don't even know how to go about it. And maybe that's a question 
you're asking as well. Maybe it's why you're, why you're here precisely tonight because you would like to help, have help with that, answering that question. I hope in some way you do get a measure of help towards that answer. And as, as John says, there'll be time for questions and answers. Uh, you have all the questions. John has all the answers uh, uh, later on. But before I go any further, I do want to say to you what I'm not planning to do this evening. I'm not planning to give you a lecture on the philosophical arguments for the existence of God. John said to me, do not give a lecture. So I am not giving a lecture. That was quite easy for me because I'm not qualified to give a lecture in anything. I'm often lectured, but I'm not able to lecture in anything. Uh, Nor am I able to answer every objection you may have to the existence of God. At the end of this, you may still come up to me or to John and say, yes, but, 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 but. Well, look, I'll do our best to answer those questions. But as Podge was saying there, you could answer every question and you still not get where you want to be. So I, I'm coming at this a, a different, uh, from a different angle. And if you're disappointed with that, we can come and tell me about it afterwards and tell me what your issue is. But, but I want to think, is there anybody out there? How would I even know? Where would I go? How could I start? Come back with me to Long Lost Family. We're going to go back there a few times through this this evening. How do, how do people there seek an answer to the question, there's somebody missing in my life, how do I get them in there? Well, they launch a search, they make phone calls, they write letters. Nowadays, of course, they've got access to the internet. Um, but it's all been to no avail, and that's why they've come to the program. Uh, and we can do the same. We want to know, is there anybody out there? And we can investigate a range of different philosophies and religions. And, and we, we're asking, I wonder will this one help me? I wonder will that one help me? I wonder will the other one help me? To know if there really is anybody out there. Maybe you've done that. Maybe you've taken that road. Maybe part of your quest has brought you here tonight. It might be that if we were to go around to your house, the bookshelves are bulging with the various books and pamphlets you've got from this one and that one and the other one. Uh, or your internet search History is full of websites that you've investigated, but you're not going to go back to because it hasn't been much of a help. Maybe you've been to lots of evenings like this, but the question is still unanswered. Is there anybody out there? I don't know. And I don't know how to know. I'm none the wiser. Well, in Long Lost Family, one of the things that often happens is the person who is seeking somebody discovers to their surprise that the same person has been looking for them. We, we, we so keen in this program, we watch all the different versions. We watched the American version one time. I don't know if you see that. And I, I, I don't remember the details of this, but I can't even remember it was a man or a woman or two women or whatever it was. But there were two people in the one family and they worked in the same hospital for years and they didn't know. They passed each other in a corridor and didn't know. And when they found out, they just were amazed. And sometimes people are, are looking and they're, they're looking the wrong direction or they're looking with inadequate information and they're not finding the person. But what would it be like if the person, and in this case the person is God, is already looking for you? God is already looking for you. And he has all the information he needs to contact us. The problem is, we simply don't recognize when he reaches out to us. A little bit like what John was saying there. 
you, you could read the book and you've got, you've got all the answers, but the problem is I'm, I'm not connecting in with those answers correctly because there's something else going on. In the video, Podge, and uh, I, I know Podge uh, from, from years ago. I was delighted that was, he was going to be speaking here this evening. He mentioned this book of Romans, and John has already quoted from it. That, that's the epistle or the letter of St. Paul to the church in Rome written in the first century. And he referenced a verse, and I, I want to just uh, come to it here. It says, it's the 20th verse of that chapter, Since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made so that men are without excuse. What the Bible is saying there is if we stopped still and looked at nature, then we begin to see that in it, God is speaking to us. It's like he's saying, hello, I'm over here. I'm over here. Can you see me? And yet that's not always what happens because it's possible to stare at something like nature for a very long time and miss what it's there simply because we're not looking closely enough or with enough care. We're just talking here at the front about our sons who are both in Aberdeen at the minute. And uh, my son there uh, took a course uh, at one point in history of art. I think he had to find something to fill up his, his timetable. And he did history of art and he loved it. He says, it's opened my eyes. But when he looks at paintings and sculptures and art, he's able to tell us what the person really was trying to say. We're just looking at it saying, well, it's a nice picture. But he's telling us, ah, well, you look at this here. You look at that there. He's telling you something. Wow. He's opening our eyes. We went around a, a museum with him one time. We were nearly throwing out time before we got out because he was looking at this and looking at that and looking at the other thing. The, the canvas on which God paints his messages to us are the expanse of the sky and the depths of the sea and the height of the hills. And we look at those, but we don't see that what he's saying. We need the eyes to see what's stirring us in the face. And as John was saying earlier, that's the work of God in us to do that. Elaine and I have just moved to an apartment where we have a close-up view of Black Mountain. We look out and we see cows grazing. It's absolutely lovely. And maybe you've done the walk on the top of it. We did that a wee while ago as well. And if you get there on a good day, you see Strangford Loch, the Mourns, Loch Ney, Scotland, and lots of other places as well. And if I have eyes to see, when I look at that, it reminds me of how small I am. Look at, look at the vastness of all of that. And that's one wee place in one wee island, in the vastness of the universe. God's saying something to me in nature. You're not as big as you thought you were. Well, not very big to start with, but you know what I mean? You're not as big in your own head as you thought you were. God speaks in nature. If there is a God, and he made all of this, what kind of God must he be? Well, he must be a God I can't ignore. And he must be the one I need to know. So looking at nature is like reading a message from God, the God who is there and wants me to know that he is there and he wants to know me. He wants to know you. In the book of Psalms, there's another verse that picks up this theme. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Just like the book of Romans, here it's telling us 
in creation, God is making himself known. But there's a thing that happens there. If we look closely enough, we can see that nature tells us that there is someone there. A creator who's brought all this world, the universe, of shape and colour and fragrance and fruitfulness and beauty into being. But, and you know this as well as I do, nature can't tell us who that God is. What's his name? What's his character? What makes him tick? What does he love? What does he hate? Go back to the long lost family again. When people are reconnected, What's the first thing that happens? Almost invariably, every time, have you got a photograph? And they look at the photograph. Oh, aren't they lovely? They say, oh yes, they've got your nose or you've got your ears or whatever it is. But the photograph can't speak to them. We don't know what the person thinks or feels. So often after the photograph comes out, out comes the letter. And in the letter, someone says, I've been thinking about you for all these years. I've never stopped loving you, or whatever it is, whatever they want to say, expressing the joy of being found together. So if I can put it like this, nature is the picture, the photo that God sends us to know that he's there. Some people are thinking, is that long lost person still alive? Yes, and here's their picture. God is there. But the Bible, he says, is like the letter that they get in the program. The letter he writes to tell us of his character, what he's like, what his heart is. And if we read on in the psalm I've just quoted, it moves then from God's revealing himself in nature in the picture to God revealing himself in scripture in the letter. The psalm uses lots of words which are just simply different ways of describing God's word, the Bible. Here's just two from a big long list. The statutes or the laws or the word of God are trustworthy, making wise the simple. Or the commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. God's word makes us wise. God's word gives us light. One famous description of the Bible is like a pair of spectacles, a pair of glasses. Now, I maintain I don't really need these because I can see all of you but I can't see what's there anymore. I have to put these back on again. I say these are the most valuable things I own because without them, I could see absolutely nothing. It's terrible. And this, the print is the size of a road sign, and then I'm all right. Well, the writer of the psalm here uses uh, the picture, a different picture. He uses the picture of a lamp by which we see clearly. So if we were, it's getting dark now, a bit later on tonight, if we were to come in here, no lights on, we wouldn't see anything at all. Switch the light on and we can see. Or it's something that makes us wise, something we didn't know anything about. Suddenly we learn from it and then we get the answer that we need. And that's one of the reasons why week by week John will give a sermon here about what the Bible means. It's not because John only has one book and can't think of anything else to talk about. It's because this is a book that tells us about God like no other book does. It's the letter that he writes us that we might understand who he is and learn from him who he is, and learn that he wants to reconnect with us, his long-lost family. But as Jimmy Cricket used to say years ago, there's more. Let's go back to long-lost family one last time. The seeker gets a photo to prove the person is really out there. Then they get a letter to know what the person is like. 
But finally, and what's the best bit of all? You get to meet the person. All right? So the music starts to play. You know when there's a certain bit of music in that program, they're about to meet, and they'll meet somewhere uh, maybe that's significant to them, maybe the last place they met, or somewhere connected with a family and somewhere. And that's, that's when you're going for the tissues big time at that part of the program. And that bit also is paralleled with God's work for us. He reveals himself in nature. He reveals himself in scripture. And then he comes to meet us in person. Listen to these amazing words from the start of the book or the letter of Hebrews. In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets. You've got in the Bible Isaiah and Jeremiah and those kind of people. He spoke at many times and in various ways, but... In these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, he means the Lord Jesus, whom he appointed heir of all things, and through whom he also made the universe, that picture that he paints for us. The son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. The God who is out there, has stepped into history. That's the Christmas story, and we all know the Christmas story. If you know nothing else about anything, you'll know the Christmas story, won't you? That the Son of God became flesh and made his dwelling, literally, John chapter 1, verse 14, set up his tent among us, or as someone has said, moved into our neighborhood. Hence, the Lord Jesus Christ could tell Philip, one of the apostles, he who has seen me, said Jesus, has seen the Father. If you want to know what God is like, you're looking at him right now. And that's an amazing claim. The God who is out there, unseen, and therefore invisible, has become visible as Emmanuel, God with us in flesh and blood, just like we have. And St. Paul says in another of his letters, speaking of Jesus, he is the image of the invisible God. So what does that mean for us? It means we don't need to remain in the dark about God. He shone his light into the world to illuminate it and to us through nature. He's written of us of his character in scripture and he's come to us in the person of his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And he says, you want to know? Well, come and look at these things. As John said, here's here's the evidence that, that God sets out before us. I remember watching the Late Late Show one time. Um, Richard Dawkins was on it. He's a famous atheist. And he was saying, well, there's not enough evidence. The fact of the matter is there's plenty of evidence. I just didn't want to accept it. And I wonder where you are in all of that. Are, are you willing to accept it or, or to at least seriously examine it? Take the first steps towards discovering what God is saying to you in nature and in scripture and in his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And if, if you are, I'm sure John would love to chat to you about that. So would I as well, but John's the guy who's here all the time, but I'd, I'd love to chat to you too. Or maybe you're like Podge in the video. Remember what he said? His friend gave him the book. He, he wasn't convinced because he wasn't willing to submit his life to Christ. Or have someone else tell him what to do. And I've met lots of people like that. You've maybe met people like that as well. Sometimes the the problem is is not a lack of understanding. 
It's not that I, I don't have what I need, but I understand it too well. And I understand the implications of coming out of darkness and an old life are challenging for me. Costly and involving a change. That's true. But there's nothing in life that happens any other way. Anything you do in life is costly and it involves change. The question is, is it worth it? And the answer to that is, 100%, it's worth it. Just like John, I came to faith, I, I didn't have a religious upbringing and I wasn't an atheist, so uh, work that one out. Uh, but I would say the same thing. I've never looked back. The God who is out there has revealed himself to us in the beauty of nature, in the wisdom of his word, and the selfless love of his son. And the God who is out there never means you harm. He only means you good. And he invites you to come to know him and trust in the one who has loved you so much that he's reached out to you. You know, that long lost family, you just don't know how those are going to work out. Sometimes they show it later on and sometimes don't work out. More times than not they do, which is great. And you may be saying to yourself, well, if I, if I reach out to God, that, I, I, that makes me vulnerable. And I don't want to be vulnerable. I don't want to be hurt again. But the God who reaches out to you is the God who only has your good and not your harm in his heart. He reaches out to us in nature, in scripture, and in his son. Have you got the eyes to see? Are you willing to be part of his long lost family reunion, which is a party we wouldn't want to miss? I'm going to pray. I'm going to think about some of these things. If you're comfortable, you can pray some of these things in your own heart. If you're not, please don't worry about that at all. And we'll, we'll chat a bit more in a moment. But let's pray together. Our gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for the privilege of being able to gather together and think about things that really matter tonight. We could have been doing anything else, but, but we're here tonight. And none of us is here by accident. You mean us to be here. And you know the questions and concerns on our heart. Maybe it's this question. Maybe it's one of the other questions from other weeks. We pray over the course of these six weeks, Lord, you'd help everyone who comes to see and know and understand what you want to say to them. But particularly tonight, Lord, we pray that you would give us eyes to see that you are there in the beauty of nature. You would give us minds to understand what you're saying to us about yourself in the words of Scripture. And that you would give us a personal encounter with you the Lord, through the Lord Jesus Christ by the power of your Holy Spirit. Lord, we ask that you would help us not to resist your truth, not to suppress your truth, but, Lord, to be open to that truth, knowing that you are the God who has loved us so much that in reaching out for us, you've given the most costly and precious gift of all, your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, that through his death we might live. Lord, speak to us of these things. Encourage us as we seek you to know that you're a God who loves to be found, 
And in fact, if we're seeking you at all, it's because you are first seeking us. So be with us. Help us and bless us the rest of this evening, the rest of this course. And may, as we leave tonight or in any of the other evenings, Lord, may your work in us bring us close to you. Bring us to be followers of Jesus and those who want to live their lives for him now and always. Amen.